Well, hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is your host, Hunter McWaters. It's good to be with you as always. And this week I have a conversation with Austin Legg. Um, you may know him from social media. Um, he's been in the industry for a long time. He does a lot of um, marketing and advertising type work um, in the industry. Um, he also does hunt consulting. He just started doing that. So, um, you know, if you got a, a question about doing some kind of uh, hunt you got planned or you want to want to plan a dream hunt, he's a good guy to talk to. Um, so in this one, you know, we talk a little bit about, you know, getting into the industry and his story and all that stuff and just chat a little bit. But also he just got back from a really cool Greenland musk ox hunt, which is a pretty unique hunt, but it was something that was kind of a bucket list hunt for him. And uh, circumstances came together and he got to come back and, and do that. So um, we hit on a couple different, you know, subjects in this one. Um, so it's a it's an enjoyable conversation. Austin's a pretty interesting, entertaining guy. And uh, again, if you have any questions about booking a dream hunt, he's a good one to talk to. So you can find him on Instagram at Austin, I believe it's Austin.leg, L-E-G-G. Um, anyway, um, go ahead and if you like what we're doing here, leave me a rating and review, especially if you get a minute, leave me a written review. That's awesome. Uh, I really appreciate those. And um, be sure to check out the description for um, different uh discount codes I got with different companies. Um, you know, now's a great time to stock up and get ready, whether, uh, you know, you got a spring kind of any more spring adventures coming up or, um, you know, if you got, uh, some family hiking trips, test out gear, um, to get ready for this season. So, um, you know, use the code hunters quest five. I'm sorry. I can't remember. I think it's, I can't remember the code. It's in the description. Um, but use the code at Heather's Choice. She just put out a whole new uh, product line with uh, new menu options that are really tasty. Um, so use that there. Also, um, I just got a code set up with Initial Ascent Backpacks. Um, they sent me their IA6K uh, backpack and frame um, that I just used on my bear hunting trip. Amazing pack system um, and really great company, great guys. So check out Initial Ascent if you are in the market for a backpack. And if you use the code QUEST uh, at Initial Ascent, you will save some money and you will also be directly supporting the podcast and the show. So I'd really appreciate that. If you need a new backpack, I would love your support. They would love your support and you'll be getting a great product and saving a little dough by using that code quest. So leave me a rating review, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, that's enough infomercials for today, <laughs> but uh, go ahead and uh, enjoy this episode and um, share with friends and family. And, um, you know, let's just continue this quest together as I used to say. All right. Enjoy guys. here with Austin Leg, my guest today, and we got a chance to meet at the expo, and actually a while back, uh, Baker Levitt from um, Black Rifle told me I, need, I needed to connect with you, so um, we got a little bit of a chance to talk at the expo, but not a ton, so yeah, man, I just wanted to get you on and, uh, and kind of get to know you a little bit, so how you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. It's been a hectic morning already, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty standard, I guess, in my house, but no, I've been good. Yeah. Um, Baker is a good friend of mine, so I appreciate getting that recommendation from him and yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit and chat hunting. 
Yeah, man. So uh, I, I noticed uh, before that before we jumped on, uh, Austin called me from the car. He was running a few minutes late, and I saw some uh, some baby seats back there. You got kids? I got three. <laughs> nice. How old? Yeah. Uh, six, four, and one. So oh we're man, you yeah. are for yeah. sure. Yeah, I got a um, seven year old and a two and a half year old. Oh, so, yeah, so you get it. Yep. And we're just uh, potty training the little girls, so that's been fun. Yep. <laughs> Had a little yep, uh, explosion yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every time every time it's like, we got to get out the door. Next thing you know, there's like poop up their back. It's, <laughs> that's exactly it's what happened. Actually, I was picking up my son from school, and I took her with me. And by the time I got home, it was, yeah, it was everywhere, just to, yeah. to keep it PG. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, like I said, uh, I don't really know a whole lot about you and I don't have, I have a couple of things I wanted to hit just topic wise, but I don't have like a, you know, crazy agenda or anything, but, uh, sure. just tell me a little about yourself, man. Um, so oddly enough, like I, well, I've actually worked in the outdoor industry for almost 10 years now. Oh, nice. Um, I've, I worked at a couple of different places, most recently at Ride on optics. And then here just within the last couple of weeks, um, I've actually gone full time on, on working for myself. Oh, no way. So I still work in the, yeah. So I still work in the hunting industry. Um, but I, I, I own my own business essentially, um, creating content, managing social medias for brands, um, doing marketing, consulting, everything I do is in the marketing space. Um, okay. so now instead of doing it just for one company, I do it for like eight. So nice, man. So what like are you what kind of content are you creating like photography or all the above um, yeah it just depends on like what the brand strategy is that we're working on like some people just want like brand awareness stuff and so um you know we're just trying to create content that can be seen by as many people as possible and used like mm -hmm. in as many different avenues as possible and then some people like want very product specific stuff so it's like how you know if if you're trying to sell this pen this specific pen and it's like okay well like what makes this specific pen better than all the other pens like let's focus specifically on this and so um, it just kind of depends what the strategy is and then yeah it depends if we're doing video or photos or um, right. you know if they want to focus on emails or, or whatever but um yeah so i kind of cater everything towards the specific brand and what they're trying to do and we create a strategy and then we take off Nice man. So, um, yeah. what what companies are you working with? Um, so some of them I I can't actually say. That's okay. They <laughs> don't really want people knowing who's doing what. But um, sure. I work with a rifle company here in Boise. Um, I work with a training company uh, that does like home defense training and long intro to long like long range type classes mm -hmm. and like that. Um, I work with a suppressor company that manufactures suppressors. Um, I work with a, like a light company that makes like weapon mounted lights. Cool. Um, I'm about to work with a software company here pretty soon. Um, I work with like an accessory company. So a lot, lots a lot of like, different stuff. Everything's all in the same space. Right. Um, I'm just about to start working with a, um, like an actual, like another software, like a tech, another tech company, uh, a hunting tech company so all within the hunting and outdoor gun space yeah but everyone does something a little different which is nice cool man so are where are you from are you from out in idaho um i kind of moved around a little bit i've been in idaho for 
over 20 years. Okay. I consider myself local. Nice. Nice. So, but how, like, what's your, what's your background? How'd you get into hunting and all that? Um, I, man, I don't really have a great, how I got into it story. It, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a super good relationship with my dad. Hmm. And, uh, in terms of like, we never did anything together. You know, I, I probably could count on one hand the number of times I spent just me and him in my whole life. Like we mm. just never, we just never spent time together. And so I think I always kind of looked at people and saw, saw the relationship they had with their dads and like going hunting specifically. Cause a lot of my friends were doing that and just always kind of had that like, I wish I could do that with my dad. Like I wish my yeah. dad would take me hunting, you know? And, uh, and then, you know, when I was younger, like high school age, one of my best friends, you know, his family, that was like all they did. They, they, and, and the dad always took the kids hunting and I was so jealous. And I was finally just like, you know what, I'm going to figure this out for myself. I'm going to like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, make this my thing. And so I tried to just figure it out. Right. Mm. And I, I took hunter's ed I wow, all by yourself, huh? Dude, it took, it was like my first time deer hunting. I just drove up to where like people go snow skiing uh-huh. and just like walked around on the ski slopes. <laughs> like I, I didn't know I didn't I didn't know what public and private land was. I oh, didn't well. know like, I didn't know anything, dude. I was just yeah. like That's like, pretty awesome like, though that you kind of just took it by the horns and went out there and just tried, you know? Yeah, but the thing <laughs> the, the funny thing is, I think it took me I can't remember exactly, but it either took me two or three years to even see my first buck. Wow. Not, not, not kill one. See one. I think I killed one on my third year, but it was either two or three seasons to just see a buck. Wow. And, uh, so for a long time I was just like, dude, these things like they don't even What kind exist. of gun did like, you have? Did you, did you just like grab some kind of random gun or something or what'd you have? <laughs> I had, I, I was given a gun by my father-in-law. Okay. He gave me a 300 win mag and, uh, and I was like, I knew how so to, were, I, I could shoot you were older. well. You were older. You were married when you yeah, started. I think hunting. by this point, I would... no, I, I think I started, well, see that's okay. Let me, let me back up. I think I took Hunter's Ed at 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And by the time I killed my first deer, I was 20. Okay. So that's when I inherited my rifle from my father-in-law. Nice. So yeah, so it took probably three years. And finally, my my best friend's dad, who I was telling you about, I think he just felt bad for me because he saw me like walking around the ski slopes and stuff. <laughs> it was like, let me let me take you out and I'll help you. And and so yeah, it, I, I think it was my third year I finally killed my first year. And then I was just like, okay, I can figure this out. And I mean, that's been 13 years ago now. So it's just been a whew, nice man. Then and definitely learned a few things on the way, but yeah, yeah, most of it was all just self-taught trial and error, like figure it out. Yeah. And it's tough, but it's been rewarding too. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the best way to learn really is just by banging your head against the wall till you figure it out. What was that first yeah. deer? Like, you know, that story. Yeah. So I got really lucky cause I actually drew a decent, uh, controlled hunt tag. Hmm. Uh, here in Idaho. And I was just, 
I, the thing was though, even if you draw a controlled tag, right. And you know, like you're in a prime area with good deer numbers and good genetics, and all those things, you still have to be able to go out and find a reasonable spot to go find sure. deer. Like it's not just, that doesn't just make it like a slam dunk. Right. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so I remember drawing this tag and be like, yes, I drew this awesome deer tag. And then be like, crap, I still don't know how, like where. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so my, like I said, my, I think my friend's dad just felt bad for me. And so he ended up taking me out and I, and I, I told him, I was like, please, like I'll do anything. Just take me. And, uh, so yeah, we, we went out and I was down in Southern Idaho. We hopped on the four wheelers and at the time, like the whole backpack hunting backcountry thing hadn't really taken off like mainstream yet. Like guys mm-hmm. were doing it, but for the most part, guys were just like driving around in trucks, driving around on four wheelers, dirt bikes, whatever. Yeah. And you know, that was, that was like the thing. So we're cruising around on four wheelers and you know, we'd been going all day and we kept seeing deer from like way far away. And, uh, at the time I didn't, I didn't have a spotting scope. And so it was like, Oh, we got to get close to tell what it is. And by the time you'd ride up on the four wheeler, you know, they'd take off. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm still like, maybe we saw some bucks. I don't know. Like I could never get close <laughs> enough. Well, finally, like the sun's going down on the first day and we come around this corner. And I think we just surprised some deer. There were probably like eight does and two bucks. There was a buck in the front and a buck in the back. And they just did that thing, you know, where mule deer like are on high alert and, you know, their ears are facing you and they're just staring at you and trying to figure it out. And so we stopped and I'm looking at them and I'm just like, my heart's going, you know, 200 beats a minute as I'm yeah. looking at these deer. And they were both forkies. Both bucks were forkies. And I didn't even care. I was just like, oh, yeah. first deer, who cares, man? Dude, who? Oh, man. It was 180 yards, right? So I was like, this is a chip shot. I got this. I was so <laughs> confident. And uh, he was like, are you sure you want to shoot that buck? I'm like, oh, 100%. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. I've been at this for like three years just trying to see one. Like, I'm for smashing sure. this thing. And yeah, man. So I just set up like on the, you know, shooting off the four-wheeler. And yeah. That's awesome. Was it? One shot and had my first deer. And then I was hooked, man. So yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting though, man. It was like, I definitely couldn't have done it without him, but at the same time, like I put in so much work to get to that. Oh point. yeah. It was yeah, super rewarding. Sure. Um, I, I, by no means was that, you know, I, I just heard a story the other day about a guy who went out his first time and killed like a 200 inch deer in Utah. And I was like, dude, that sucks. I'm, I'm stoked <laughs> for you. Like I'm, I'm not jealous. like my story could not have been more different you know yeah i almost feel bad for those guys it's like where do you go from there like Uh i don't know like i'm so i i my goal this year is to kill a mule deer because i've killed you know tons of whitetail but i'm from out on the east coast i never killed a mule deer yet and i actually like i actually really like being in this place where it's like yeah i want to kill a mature one but i really don't care if it's huge like i just want like a nice decent buck you know what i mean like i like that like I, I, I like not having that pressure yet of like, Oh, it's gotta be huge. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is I've never, I've never got caught up in, uh, I've never got caught up in like the size of an animal argument. It's like, I get that. I get people, uh, message me and comment that a lot on stuff. Cause I kill a lot of like 140 inch deer, 150 inch deer, mm-hmm. like, 
and I don't care. And people are like, yeah. dude, like when are you going to start killing bigger bucks? I'm like, I don't know. Like when the opportunity comes, like, I, I think my perspective is just so different because I, I worked so hard and so long just to get my first one mm-hmm. that now it's so hard for me to like pass up on deer when I see them. Like if yeah. I see a decent four point, dude, it's next to impossible for me not to sh- pull the trigger because I'm like, dude, for three years, I was just trying to find a buck. Yeah. Granted, I've killed like 40 deer since then, but the, 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 like psychologically, it still remains where like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to kill a freaking 190 inch mule deer. I just don't know if I'll ever be that guy who can be that picky just yeah. because of what I went through to get here. No, I totally get that, man. And I, and I understand the guys that are, you know, been hunting for a lifetime and really want that. And over that's cool. Like, but I'm, dude, I'm with you, man. Like, if I see an animal, like, of course, you know, I'm at the point where, like, I don't shoot year and a half old bucks. But yeah. if I see an animal that's like, you know, a mature animal and and it gets my heart going, like, I have like no shame in my game at all. Like, um, I mean, I think that's what it's all about. If it makes you happy, if it's, you know, it's good meat for the table and you enjoy it and but you know if you want to if you want to wait that's fine too but for me i'm kind of with you ben well and i more and more in the last probably four or five years i've just become really engulfed in like the overall experience of things Mm -hmm. and less about just like a specific animal Mm -hmm. like i've kind of i've tried to kind of find that like there's so much adventure and like culture in hunting. Mm. And that to me is as rewarding as like killing an animal. And so, you know, with that being said, the last couple of years, I've been trying to like go out of state, go hunt. I went and hunted in South Carolina. Oh, it was cool. completely different than anything I'd ever done. Then mm-hmm. I went and hunted in Georgia, completely different. The deer acts different. The The way they hunt is different. Then I went to Ohio. Yeah. I went with Baker one time. Yeah, I went to Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, like Texas. Like I've been trying to go around and just experience like as many different cultures, as many different like ways people hunt, way the the animals act. Um, I, dude, I've just been trying to get like the overall culture experience and mm-hmm. not just worry about killing big animals. And it has been so much fun, dude. So yeah. much fun. No, that was cool. You ever? Um, so I don't know. Have you ever heard of guys hunting? I mean, it's huge here hunting deer with dogs. Oh yeah. Have you done it? I've never done it. No, I've never done it, but I yeah. know it's really, cause you're in Virginia, right? Or West yeah. Virginia. Oh, I'm in Virginia and that's like, yeah. we have a huge dog hunting culture. Yeah. Um, it's not personally my thing as much. I have done it and I've killed deer yeah. behind dogs. It's not as much my thing. Um, but I'm in a dog. So basically like around here, I mean, we have public land in the western part of the state, but where I am, there's like almost zero public land. So you either have to own land or like know somebody and almost all the private land is already hunted. Somebody's got a lease or their cousins on it or whatever, or these hunt clubs lease up tons of acreage. And even that, you got to know somebody to get in one. Finally, Mm -hmm. like two or three years ago through a random connection, I was able to get into one of these clubs and we have like access to like 8,000 acres and it's a dog club and they do dogs like once or twice a week, but then there are any other time it's just open to still hunting. So I, you know, I'll go out there 
it's more of almost like a social kind of thing. It's totally different experience, but um, yeah. And you're shooting like buckshot, and you're usually shooting them at full sprint, like <laughs> with an open sight shotgun. But uh, uh -huh. most of the time, I just go out there and, and still hunt. Um, but that's yeah. that's the only way you can really get access to land is to like either join a club or like get super lucky and know somebody or own something. I I know that's like really popular in Florida too because I've heard mm -hmm. that like the deer just get you know they hole up in these swamps that are so thick that like yeah. you can't get through and uh yeah it's yeah. really swampy yeah. where i'm at too to but um yeah it's it's totally different and you're right there's there's a lot to it i mean the different different types of hunting but i that's you know it's been like a rebirth for me getting into western hunting because you know i killed my first whitetail with a bow and i was like 14 and yeah. same thing after that first deer is like i am hooked on big game hunting but then three years ago, I think I found Western hunting and like yeah. <laughs> the physical challenge and like the, just, um, it's, it's just a totally different ball game. Like you said, and yeah. adding in like the backpacking thing and the adventure and like, it's, it was like life changing for me when I found it. That's awesome. Yeah. It, uh, I would say I was probably 24 probably like 24 when I, I started getting into the backpack hunting mm -hmm. and uh, uh no I was maybe even younger than that I don't know 23 24 something like that so I hadn't been hunting very long but I was kind of like man this is awesome because I love backpacking I love mm -hmm. hiking and so I had like a backpacking backpack yeah and like packed in all my crap and, and then I had like this tiny little day pack that I had like buckled to my backpacking pack so like backpack in drop all my gear drop everything take off my day pack put that on go hunting well i didn't have a way to get meat out yeah you know is this, this, this like this is a like literal backpacking backpack and a day pack <laughs> and uh so it was like pretty quickly i was like okay like there's a disconnect here you know and uh and so then um my first job in the outdoor industry was actually at exo mountain gear back oh, okay. in like yeah, back in like 2000, what year was that? Maybe 2013, 2014, okay, cool. something like that. 2013, I don't know. And uh, yeah, so that was like my first taste at like really high end, nice gear mm -hmm. for backcountry hunting. And I was just like, oh, okay. So yeah. <laughs> you can do both. You can have a backpack that hauls meat and carries your gun and does all this. Mm -hmm. And uh so yeah, it was pretty cool. And so from there, it just kind of took off. And and then uh, now that's like solely what I do, um, mm. at least when I'm in Idaho, it's it's a lot harder going out of state, you know, but yeah. uh, here in Idaho, that's that's pretty much the only way I hunt anymore. Yeah, I learned a ton from uh, their podcast, Exo's podcast. My first mm -hmm. pack was an Exo. Um, Mark's, he's been on the podcast before. He's a great yeah. dude. Yeah, and, I like Mark. Uh, yeah, he's a buddy. And then, um, but yeah, so I was like, I was like, I wanted to get into Western hunting. I didn't really know how, but like, I really wanted to, I was trying to figure it out. And like serendipitously, like that same year, like a friend of a friend messaged me on Instagram. I was like, Hey man, he sent like this message out to like 10 people. Cause you know, it can be kind of hard to find partners for some of these things. And yeah. he was like, Hey, I'm doing this like walk in caribou hunt in Alaska. Like, would you be down? I was like, yeah, sure. Like, let's do it. <laughs> I haven't didn't barely know what I was getting myself into. 
Um, and then that set me on this journey of just like learning everything I could. And I like lost a ton of weight, got in shape and got all the gear. And then like, I went on that trip and I was like, yes, this is it. Like, this is yeah. what I want to do. And like, after I got back, that's when I started the podcast and started going full in. So, that's cool. um, yeah, man, it's been, it's been a really cool journey. So <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, the, um, the West is interesting, man. Cause it's like, I can see why from the East, you know, or the South or wherever looking at us and seeing like, it's just, a, it's just a lot. Like it's just a lot to try and sink your teeth into and understand and comprehend. And, and I can see why, I can see why so many people don't do it. Why they're just like, dude, I'd rather road hunt or ride around a four wheeler or mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I, I get it. Like, and I don't fault anybody who doesn't want to, it's not for everybody. Um, but man, there's just something about, being totally isolated yes having your stuff with you so you're mobile you know so if you see if you spot something three miles away that you can say hey let's pack camp up and and go like let's Mm. just go we'll figure water out we've got food on our backs like let's just go there's something about it man it's it's very freeing feeling um but man i can see why you know being back east or whatever that you'd be like no those people are nuts yeah i i was like i want to do it but I was really the first hurdle that I was really intimidated about was just the the tag process, the applications, yeah. all that stuff. And and now there's like so much good information out there uh, with Go Hunt yep. and um and even like stuff like podcasts. Um, yeah. But still, like I I start like I said I wanted to. I was about to get into it, and then I kind of hit a wall. I was in a different place in my life too, and I was just like, yeah, I'll just stick to whitetail. You know, it's just like whatever. It's just easy. You know, kind of like you were saying. Um, but I, I did have someone kind of like help me along the way, invite me on that first trip. And, um, but I'm here to say, if you're listening, if I can do it, anyone can do it (laughs) because, um, and that's kind of what I hope to inspire guys to do. Um, but yeah, man, like trick, I lost, I lost probably like 45 pounds, like getting in shape for that first trip. And like, that was the other thing too, is like, can I do this physically? And you can you gotta, you gotta work for it. But having that like goal of like something awesome that you're going to go do like in a sick adventure that you're like looking forward to is just, uh, that was a game changer having like a goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. In terms yeah, of absolutely. fitness. No, yeah, totally. That- like there's nothing, there's nothing that motivates you more than having a goal like that out in front of you, like backpack, like a hike in trip in Alaska. Yeah. That's one of those things like, dude, if you're not prepared not only are you going to get seriously hurt, but like you could die, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and my partner that I was going no with was, like yeah. And my partner that I was going with is ex Navy special warfare. So I was like, this dude's in like top shape. Like I, and he was kind of yeah. like selling me on the trip at first. Like, Oh, it won't be that bad. <laughs> but I started looking at what we were actually going to do to get back there. And I was like, yeah, I got to like start working yeah. on myself a little bit. Yeah, totally. Um, but anyway, I know you just got back, speaking of epic adventures, from a pretty unique hunt that you were telling me a little bit about at the expo. Would yeah. you like to share a little yeah. bit about that adventure? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, so the funny thing is, let me start the story by saying, I don't like cold weather. I don't like <laughs> cold. Well, I don't like being cold. <laughs> I, I try to do all my hunting in like October, November, so that... December, January, like I'm done, you know, and I can be inside and be warm. But uh, <laughs> I decided this year to do Alaska in December. 
So I went wow. and hunted Alaska mid-December. Dude, brutal. Dude. Like blizzard every day, 50, 60 mile an hour winds. Dude, December and in Alaska is like another planet. It's like Hoth. Brutal, right? <laughs> and so I got back from that and was just like, well, that's it on my cold weather hunting career. Like I'm done. I'm not doing that again. And uh, so that was mid-December. Well, the hunt expo comes around first week, I think, of February. Mm-hmm. So I'm only like six weeks removed from Alaska. I've kind of forgot about like all the sucky parts of it. And I'm like, muskox has always been my number one bucket list hunt. Always. Why? I don't know why. I can't, I can't really explain it, dude. It's like when I look at a muskox, all I see is an animal that to me, in my mind, doesn't belong on earth. Like it, it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. Like you look at them and you're like, you belong in Star Wars. It does or look Star a sci-fi Wars-y. movie. Like it's so cool that there's this animal that has survived, you know, tens of thousands of years, like since the ice age in the harshest climates on earth and not just survives, but like thrives. Yeah. You know, at one point the muskox population was down, like a lot of animals in North America was down to like just a few thousand. And, and they, they took animals from Greenland and they reintroduced them to, to Canada and Alaska. And now they're thriving. Like the muskox population is growing. Hmm. There's tons of hunting opportunities and, and it's just an animal that to me is like, I feel you, it looks like you're hunting a dinosaur. Yeah. And so I'd always looked at that as like, man, that would be like the ultimate adventure. Yeah. But part of it was like, people had kind of told me, dude, it's, it's a hundred percent success. It's not hard. It's like shooting a cow. It's, and like people talked down on it and, and, but I didn't really let that get to me. I was like, you know what? I think it's cool. And I think it's going to be an adventure and I'm going to make an adventure and I'm going to have fun. So like, whatever. So I go to the hunt expo. It's like, Oh dang, hundred percent success. That sucks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right i was like coming from That's my cool. background i'm like like sign me up dude yeah well so um i go to the hunt expo it with in mind that like i'm finding an uh an outfitter and i'm booking a muskox hunt like oh, I, nice. I don't care if i book it two years in advance and you know i was like i can spread the payments out and i'll do you know 10 percent down above i like have it in my head totally justified on how i'm gonna do this i'm like i'm gonna make it happen so i find a guy all in, it was like eight grand. And so I'm for like, where? All right. Alaska like, or? You no, know, for, for Greenland. Greenland, okay. And it was, the, I think it was the summer of 23. Is now, is, is that so, because Greenland has um, kind of the best opportunity or like easiest to get a tag or why Greenland? Or you just want to go there? Yeah. So like they're, they're muskox in Alaska, but they're, it's very hard to draw a tag. Yeah. Very hard to, to hunt them up there. You can hunt them in Canada, but uh it's difficult to get to all greenland is difficult to get to but it's difficult to get up there but it's super expensive like probably double the cost to go to greenland okay the 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 muskox are actually bigger um it's kind of like a different subspecies Mm -hmm. um there's like the greenland muskox and the barren ground muskox and and the canada barren ground muskox are actually bigger um but i mean we're talking like 15 you know 10 minimum but you're probably pushing like 12, 13, 14. And some guys are even like 18 grand. It's a little little much for me. Right. So, so I hear eight in the summer of 23 and I'm like, dude, that's perfect. That's like, you know, a year and a half away. I can save up. I can make this a whole thing. Like this is fantastic. And so I'm like, 
give me a minute to like call my wife, talk it over, make sure everything's cool. And then I'll, I'll, I'll book it. And he's like, okay, great. Yeah. Come talk to me later. As I walk away from the booth, I tell one of my friends, I'm like, dude, I'm going to do it. Like it's time. Eight grand muskox, you know? And he's like, Hey, call, call my buddy over at outdoor international. And he's like, Hey, come here. You know? And he's like, Outdoor International, come here, you can come sit with me for a sec. And he's like, my buddy is a hunting consultant. Hey, and what he does that? is like, this is this is Indy. She's my one-year-old. Hey, Indy, how's it going? And, uh, and he's like, call my buddy because he's a hunt consultant. And so you, he's free to use. And he's like, you tell him, you know, what your budget is, what you're looking for you know, yada, yada. And he'll help pair you up with something. Like oh, cool. he'll help find a hunt for you. And I was like, well, if he's free to use and stuff, I could, I guess, it's, you know, no harm, no foul. So yeah. I call this guy and I'm like, Hey Russ, like I'm looking at doing a Greenland muskox hunt. And they're telling me it's about eight grand. Uh, and I was like, is that a good price? Like, what do you think? This is the name of the outfitter. Is he a good outfitter? I'm kind of asking him questions. And he's like, Austin, why are you calling me? And I was like, what? I was like, Russ, like, it's your job. You know, I was like, this is what you do. And he's like, but you want to do a muskox hunt? And I'm like, yes, muskox in Greenland. (laughs) And, uh, and he, he's so confused. And, and I've known Russ for a long time. Nicest guy in the world. Like one of probably the best bow hunter in the state of Idaho. And so I don't understand why he's acting so weird. And finally I'm like, Russ, what is the deal? <laughs> you know, like, why are you so confused? And he goes, Austin, I, I'm just trying to figure out why you're calling me right now. Because literally like an hour ago, I had a muskox hunt and I had a bunch of guys cancel because no Greenland is requiring you to be vaccinated. And these guys are refusing to get the vaccine. And he's like, I, I'm so confused because I'm just trying to figure out like, how did you know to call me right now? <laughs> Wow. And I was just like, well, gosh, I, you know, <laughs> I guess just call it fate. But I, so I just got lucky because, um, those guys lost their deposits. You know, they had paid for a huge chunk, almost the entire hunt. And Russ was like, dude, if, if you'll pay the remainder of their hunt, it's yours. Oh, no way. And, uh, so I paid a fraction, like a sliver of the total cost of this thing. That's awesome. And so he tells me the price. And I'm like, Oh, that's, awesome and i was like well when is it and he goes it's three weeks from now <laughs> and i'm like well, i'm like what it's three weeks from now and he's like yeah you leave like uh you leave like march 6th and i'm like <laughs> and so i didn't even tell my wife i like i was just like you know what for that price book it russ just book it uh, like i'm gonna I'll make it work yeah so, yeah so it was like totally you know after i'd sworn off you know hunting in winter I just booked a <laughs> muskox hunt north of the Arctic Circle in the winter. That's awesome. <laughs> and so, yeah, and so uh, I had three weeks to prepare, man, and and it it really was like such a fun adventure. Um, getting there, getting to Greenland is an absolute beast. You know, it was like five flights, I think, and like two full days. Mm. Um, but man, it was incredible. And and once we got there, we um, you know, we arrived in Greenland and then we took a, uh, snow machines and we rode snow machines for like two hours out into the tundra. And they had this little tiny cabin set up out there, you know, no electricity, no running water. Um, it was just 
isolated out there and, and we took all of our food. We took everything in with us and yeah. And then it was like, all right, I hope you boys are ready. Like, let's get hunting. And dude, it was so nuts. Like I'd had in my head that muskox were just going to be, and this is granted, this is from what people told me. And a lot of these people right. never even hunted muskox. I think they just saw it on YouTube that you would go out and just find these big herds in these flat areas. And then you just shoot them. Not the case, not the case at all. Like Greenland is very mountainous. And there's these big mountains with like, it's very rocky. There's no trees. And the muskox are so hard to see. Like it's incredibly mm. difficult to glass because the muskox are about the same size as the boulders. Uh. And so you're glassing these mountainsides and you're seeing all these rocky boulders and stuff. And then you'll see like a little bit of movement and you're like, oh, that's a muskox. But at first glance, like you could be looking at something that's like almost a mile long. And you could glass over it and not see anything. And then you'd glass back, not see anything, glass back. And all of a sudden you'd just catch that little sliver of movement, like very difficult to glass. They were, they were not down on the flats. They were up on these big mountainsides and, uh, and they're so scared. They're so weary of the sound snow machines that you have to glass them from, you know, one to two miles away mm-hmm. and you can't ride a snow machine in or you'll scoop them and they, they don't run down. They run up and over the top of the mountains. Yeah. And uh, so a lot of times, like, like my stock, for example, was probably at least, it was at least a mile, if not a mile and a half, you know, on foot in the snow and the like negative 20 degrees. <laughs> so it was, it was not, it, it was not easy. I mean, I shouldn't say it was not easy because I killed mine the first day. So it's like the opportunities were there. Right. But it wasn't by any means just like walk out into a field and shoot up cow. Not right. even close. Yeah. Um, and the animals are incredibly tough, man. You yeah. know, like, like I shot and I made perfect shots out. I mean, they're incredibly tough animals. And I have so much respect for them, man. Like, when you finally get up to them and you see, like, like, have you ever seen a bison up close? Uh, no. It's like when you see a bison up close, you're just well, like, I've seen the taxidermied a... one. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you, you, it's like astounding at how big they are. Yeah. You're just like, Oh my gosh. Like the size of their, their, their horns, neck, their faces, their, the hump on their back. Like, and it's the same thing with a muskox. Like you get up to it and you're just like, you are literally, this animal was created solely to survive in the harshest place on earth. Mm. It's like, it, it is, it is huge. It is strong. The, the fur is, you know, eight inches thick in some places. Wow. I mean, everything about it was made to survive. And uh, so, what yeah. What kind of rifle so did you take with you? So I dude, getting a rifle through Denmark is actually really difficult. And so I didn't have time to get the permits and get the approvals and everything. So I just used the outfitter's rifle mm. and it was just a little Tika 30 out six. Oh, okay. 30 out six. There you go. Yep. Yep. Amer- yeah. Classic. Classic. dude. But um, yeah, dude, it was so nuts, man. Like the weather was insane, you know, just super cold. Um, but after we killed our muskox, we took them back to the cabin, uh, skinned them out, had muskox dinner, which was fantastic. Was good? Meat was good. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of moose meat, actually. Okay. It's like darker, dense, not a lot of fat. It's really good. 
Were you able to take some and of them home? No, dude. And that's such a bummer. It's like they have an export law that you're mm. only allowed to export like five pounds of meat. And mm. I was like, that's not even like, that's like a quarter of a backstrap, you know? Yeah. So we ate it the whole time we were there in camp. And then we took it back and donated it to the Greenland village. Yeah. Um, but then we did get, uh, we set some, some baits and we uh, hunted Arctic foxes with nice. like the heart and lungs from the muskox. So that mm. was pretty cool. So I shot a really pretty Arctic fox. And then um, we got to go ice fishing. That was a blast. We absolutely slayed it ice fishing. Um, and then we shot some ptarmigan. We saw oh, Arctic nice. hare. Dude, ptarmigan saw... are delicious, are they not? Yeah, yeah. So good. So that was really cool because, um, you know, we saw a ton of caribou. And so I, and I see the caribou shed in the back. Oh, saw yeah. a lot of those. And that so was, was my cool first trip to like, Alaska. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, so it was awesome because like you always hear about like the Arctic five and stuff. And dude, I saw the Arctic five the first morning. Wow. Like there was so much game in Greenland. It, it was just fantastic, man. Like I can't speak highly enough about that trip. And uh, yeah, it was quite the adventures, you know. It was and probably cool seeing a, a com- like you saying earlier, like a completely different yeah. hunting culture. I mean, even you know, completely different in another country. Yeah, I'm gonna put her in the other room. One sec. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, you're spot on. Um, you know, in terms of like hunting culture, in terms of hunting culture, like the way they do things is so different. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Greenland has like a national meat hunt. So they don't have, you can't, there's no cattle in Greenland, right? It's a giant mm. frozen rock. Yeah. And so they use the musk ox for like their meat industry. Oh, wow. And so prior to our hunt starting was like the national meat hunt. And I mean, they just go out and kill tons of musk ox to have meat. Wow. And so we would be out hiking around and you just find like three giant deadheads like muskox deadheads you know still with the the hide on them and everything hmm. and at first we were like why the hell would they like just leave these yeah but then in hindsight you know it's like wait like these guys are purely hunting to survive like they don't yeah. care about you know they don't the care trophy, about yeah. <laughs> like they they kill these things they take every drop of meat and they leave what they don't need and they don't need you know a giant you know 100 pound head with horns right yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was like, it wasn't uncommon to find deadheads, for example. Yeah. Um, and that, like, seeing that type of hunting culture is good. Like, you know, we should experience those things. We should see those things so we can see it from their perspective and their side yeah. of it. Because for us, it was a completely different experience. You know, we were going over there, not as a meat hunt. We couldn't even bring the meat home. You know, we went for that purpose. And, uh, and it was completely opposite for how they do it. So it was kind of, interesting to see it in that light could you bring your head your head home so it had yeah um not right away though it has to be boiled it or something. sits it sits in greenland until june when the fjord melts and then the, a, a cargo ship comes in and then you know <laughs> brings supplies and stuff because they're completely iced in right now <laughs> and when that shipping that ship comes in they'll load all the the hides and heads and everything up ship them to denmark and in Denmark, they'll get um, tanned, 
they'll get inspected. They have to get certified by like their version of fish and wildlife. Yeah. They have to get certified for export um, and get a stamp and stuff. And so I'm, I mean, it'll, it'll probably be a year before it's back in the U S yeah. Well, that's cool though. Um, yeah. man, that sounds, yeah, that sounds like a really cool adventure. And, um, yeah. What, so what kind of like, what, like, so <laughs> where I come from, like it's 20 degrees is cold here. Yeah. So like, what kind of gear do you have to take to like survive in that kind of extreme temperatures? Yeah. Well, and what's even crazier about it is like, you know, it's cold, it's cold standing still, right? Like when you're not moving, but to get from the camp, the cabin to where we were hunting was about a two hour snowmobile ride. Yeah. So now you're adding in essentially wind chill factor Yeah. and you're not moving. Yeah. So it's like, you're sitting still, you know, I was in like a little sled for two hours. So sitting, That's brutal. Yeah, dude. Brutal. The first day it's like torture. I've never, I've never been as cold in my life as I was the first day because I just wasn't prepared. Like I didn't realize that was happening. Yeah. And so I only wore like, I had two pairs of, okay. So going back to gear, I guess let me start with that. So I actually did a, an Instagram reel where I showed like all my layers that I was going to take. And every day I'd wear seven layers. Mm. Now I'm, I don't do great in the cold. <laughs> like it's just me either. I don't know why, but it is, is what it is, dude. My friend that went with me, he was wearing like four layers and he wow. was great. He was just like, man, this is, you know, this is good. I'm comfortable. I needed seven and it just is what it is. Like <laughs> I, I would do Merino base layers, you know, mm -hmm. and then just build out from there. Like, okay, I need a second layer and then a midweight layer and then a down layer and then an outer layer and then a, another outer layer and then a fur hat. And, you know, it was so cold that like, dude, there were times <clears throat> there were times where like you'd be talking or doing something and like the wind would hit and make your eyes water. And as soon as your eyes would water and like a tear would form, it would freeze your eyes shut. Oh my gosh. Because like you'd have like, you know, you'd have water in the corner of your eye. And so you'd be like talking, blinking, like, Oh, my eyes watering. And next thing you know, it'd like freeze your eyes shut. Like, ah, and like fry your eye back. <laughs> Dude, that's like, hardcore. Oh my gosh. It was just, I've never felt cold like that, but yeah. Um, it totally made it all part of the experience, you know, as cheesy as that sounds. No, oh, yeah. It would have been a completely different hunt if you weren't battling that. I mean, because sure. every, everything you did, you had to plan for the cold. Yeah. You know, when when we were doing, uh, there were northern lights one night and it was like the mm. coldest night. Well, we had We had a kerosene heater inside our cabin. And so we would sit. I would, <laughs> I would sit in front of the kerosene heater just until the point where I was like about to break a sweat and then run outside real quick, sit and just like stare up at the Northern lights for like five minutes until oh, the point wow. where I was like about to freeze, run back inside, get in front of the kerosene heater, get warmed up back to the point where I was about to start sweating and then yeah. run back outside. It was, I mean, it's just that type of cold, man. It, yeah. Like it's not like you go outside and it's like, Oh, brutal. I'm cold. This is inconvenient. It's like, this is dangerous. I could freeze to death. I got to go yeah. back in. It's like, it's like actual physical pain, you know? Wow. It's weird. It's like physical pain. And uh, so, yeah, you're trying to not expose skin. But, you know, every once in a while, like we had one day, like if you look back at the pictures, I think the day I killed my musk ox, I bet it got mm -hmm. up into the upper teens. And so, like, there's a couple pictures where, you know, we took like our, 
our hats and everything off. And, uh, you know, cause we were sweating, like hiking, yeah, you know, a mile and a half, two miles up the mountains after these animals, like you start to break a sweat. Yeah. And, uh, and that's when things get scary is like when you're super sweaty. And so, you know, even though you weren't tired, you had to force yourself to stop. Yeah. You had to like force yourself to stop, you know, let some cold air into your shirt, cool mm-hmm. down. Cause dude, if you, if you get wet and start sweating, like Done. you're going to be in so much trouble. What kind of boots did you take to keep your feet dry? Or what'd you do? Did you put like, did you have those over boot insulator things or anything? Or I mean, dude, keep that's your the feet one- warm. That's the one thing I did wrong. I think I, I didn't plan good foot footwear. Um, it, it was fine, but I could have done better. Um, I did um, the lacrosse alpha burly pros. So it's, it's actually like a muck boot and, but it's, it's like insulated and it's super warm. I wore them in Alaska because I knew it was going to be snowy and wet and cold and, you know, just crappy. Yeah. And I, I did fine in Alaska, but Alaska was also, you know, in the twenties and thirties, it was right. just windy and wet. So this was 50 degrees colder than that. God. And so I, I just didn't plan well. The one thing that I did do well that I'd recommend is I bought um, some alpaca socks and those alpaca socks are, I mean, substantially warmer than any wool socks I've ever owned. They're wow. thicker, they're heavier, they're warmer. They, they, um, do really well if your feet get sweaty. And so one day I just, the first day when my feet got really cold, I just wore alpaca socks with wool socks, like wool and then the alpaca over the top and my feet froze. The second day I double layered my alpaca socks and, and my boots are a little bit bigger, right? Cause to be able to have yeah. that much space, like I bought my boots a half size big. And so, um, that can, that can help keep the air in the boot warm mm-hmm. um, and not have your toes like, you know, against the outside of the boot. And, uh, and it also gives space for the sock. And so, um, yeah, I bought my boots a half size big, double layered the alpaca socks and then I was fine. Cool. But, cool. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, I got a, I got a, um, hunt coming up this year in like the mountains in Idaho in late October. And I'm like yeah. already tr- starting to plan ahead for the cold. Cause like I said, like for me, like twenties, 15, even teens is cold. So nothing like Greenland, yeah. but, it, uh, <laughs> the weird, the weird thing is like the weather in Idaho is so strange, man. Like there's been times in October where I hunt the entire month of October in a t-shirt. Yeah, that's like, what I've heard. And then so it'll just randomly weird. change to like five degrees. Dude, this this year in October, on the opener, I shot a deer on the opener. So that was October 10th. That night, and it, and again, it was 60 degrees. I was wearing a t-shirt. I had my one-person tent, you know, because I was backcountry hunting. I was by myself. I had my one-person tent. So I had my deer all skinned and everything, hanging in bags, um, all quartered, had my the head on the ground. I went to bed and I woke up because something really, really cold was pressing against my face. And I was like, uh, <laughs> like, this isn't normal. You know, it's, um, it's like just this wet weight. Weird. And I wake up and I put my hands on it and my tent had completely collapsed. Oh my God. The snow. And so I pushed the tent off. I, like, I pushed it off my face, get all the snow, get it all set back up. I step outside and dude, like, probably 10 inches of snow had fallen. And so So from 60 to 10 inches of snow, dude, it was insane. And so 
I didn't sleep. I actually, I posted an Instagram reel uh, where it was like me with my deer short sleeve shirt. And then like 12 hours later, you know, I wake up and it's like white out. Nice. Um, so yeah, you just never crazy. know, man. Cause then all night, like I couldn't sleep cause I didn't want my tent to collapse. Right. And so like I'd set an alarm on my phone and every 45 minutes I'd wake up, you know, hit all the snow off my tent and, and, dude, I was, I was soaked. I was cold. Like the only thing is I had a really nice zero degree down sleeping bag. And, uh, so dude, I just crawled inside that thing and stayed warm and you know, I was a little wet, but yeah, it was, you know, yeah, I think I'm going to do a hot tent for this one just because I don't oh, like be cool. cold either. Yeah. I just yeah. got a, yeah. I just got a little stove set up and a teepee. So I'm looking forward right. to trying that out. But, um, yeah, awesome. I just saw, speaking of Instagram, I just saw like a real, like that huge freaking blacktail you shot thing was a monster yeah. so i wanted to yeah, ask you about awesome. uh I... I wanted to ask you about the deer slam man you got one more right yeah i got one more yeah so there's five species in the north american deer slam right the the uh, sika blacktail in alaska the columbia blacktail a coos deer the whitetail deer and the mule deer and i don't know five or six years ago i kind of was just like that'd be so cool to have a wall in my house with all five species of the deer slam. Mm -hmm. Cause a lot of people are just like, Oh, a deer is a deer. And I'm a deer freak. I'm just like, dude, I love deer. Me Any too. species don't care. I just love deer. And uh, so I, I decided to start working towards this deer slam and uh, the coos deer is the only one I have left. I've never hunted them. And so I've been trying to get that done this year, but I did that actually the year. one that I was Oh yeah. Did you kill one? No. <laughs> oh, you went with Brad. Yeah. You went yeah, with yeah. Brad, huh? Yeah. 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 Okay. I went with Brad and Brian yeah, and like we, I, so they did, well, I did a couple stalks with both of them, but I was filming and then I did one stalk on a mule deer, but dude, those things, are you doing archery or a rifle? Uh, I put in for a rifle tag. Okay. So yeah, those things, killing one of those things with a bow is, like, next level, dude. Like, I, I've always heard people say it, but, you know, seeing it firsthand, I mean, it is, like, when you say, like, we would go on a stalk, that was, like, all day long trying to get yeah. in bow range of this thing. Um, yeah. And still, they have, like, a sixth sense. Like, we nobody killed one that trip. And then, but we are going to go back. We're going to go to Mexico and rifle hunt them this year. Oh, that'd be awesome. So hopefully, Lord willing, I'll be able to scratch off two subspecies on my slam this year. Mule deer and the awesome. coos. Mule deer and the coos, yeah. Hopefully. Well, I, I, I always tell people like... And I got my Sitka over black, here. Yeah, heck yeah. Um, of all the deer I've ever killed, the black the, the uh, Columbia blacktail is the only deer where I can say... I don't necessarily feel like I earned that one and I'm not, oh, really? I'm not shy about it. I, I'll tell anybody that like I Why is that? always worked for my deer. I've worked. I, it was weird, man. Like I was going, I went with a guy who's a friend of mine and he invited me. He's like, dude, come on out. We'll have a blast, you know? And so I drove, I left Boise at like four in the morning, bombed all the way to Western Oregon. It was like an eight hour drive to get there. Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting in my truck. I'm waiting for him to get off work. And he pulls up and he's like, dude, I just got off work a few minutes early. And I've been seeing this buck on this mountainside over here. 
He's like, I got off work and I ran up the road to find him in the spotter. He's like, sure enough, dude, I only glassed for like five minutes and I found him bedded down. He's like, it's the same buck. He's been there for three days. Hmm. He's like, the downside is there's someone up on that mountain, like hiking that ridge right now. So we need to book it up there and get up there and kill him before he gets out of his bed. And I'm just like, uh, okay. <laughs> like I'd been, I had been there for like four minutes at this point. Right. And we're already like, let's go kill this deer. I'm like, okay. Like, I, I hop in this, I hop in his truck. I mean, full send up the mountain because we're trying to get there before these people bust him out of his bed. Were they hunting Literally, or just hiking? Hunting. Okay. And I have a video of this because it happened so fast. Like literally we parked the truck. He gets out with his spotter in hand, puts it down, looks, and he hadn't been looking five seconds in the spotter. And he turns to me and he goes, he's right there. And I'm like, <laughs> what? I look in the spotter and sure enough, here's this black tail. He's bedded down facing me. And he's just like, this yeah. big old frame. I thought he was and a I'm mule deer like, at first when I saw him. Crap. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap, dude. He's like 450 yards away. And he's like, let's kill this thing. So, so now look at it from my perspective, right? I'm, I'm not complaining at all. Like so much fun, <laughs> but I had got there, hopped in the truck, driven up, got out of the truck and was now getting on my gun in a span of maybe 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I've never had a hunt go like this before. Yeah. And so, I mean, pull the trigger bucks dead. And I instant like so excited, right? I, I mean, couldn't have done it without him. But at the same time, like I didn't do anything to earn that deer. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Literally, all I did was pull the trigger. I showed up and pulled the trigger. <laughs> yeah. And, well. And so that was you're a ready weird though. Feeling. It was. I mean, it was. It was a tough shot. You know, I thread. I had to like thread the needle on a long shot on a bedded yeah. buck, which was really challenging. But the, the one part where I'll say. I did feel like I earned it after the fact was it took us probably two hours to recover that deer in a downpour. Oh man. And I, dude, I was like, we could not find him because it was in logging country, you know, and everything mm. looks the same. It's, it's, it's steep. It's rugged. There's downed trees everywhere. There's brush. There's it's thick. It's pouring rain and we could not find it. So there's no blood and we couldn't find him. And it took us two hours and finally I, I found him. And, uh, that's the worst so like, man. When you're like, just looking, yeah. you're like, please God, please God, <laughs> dude. I re I had to go back and rewatch the video over and over and over. And then finally, you know, you're tr cause we're trying to figure out like, where was he? Like, okay, where was his bed? Was this his bed? Yeah. And then that means he, you know, slid down the hill here and then you'd look and there'd be nothing there. And mm. so you're like, okay, either I'm wrong or I'm missing him or he ran off like so many things. And and so finally we recovered him and packed him out. But yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. It's crazy experience. Um, but I've never had a hunt go like that where it was like, show up. Oh, here's the deer. Deer's dead. <laughs> yeah. Like that fast. Yeah. Yeah. You sometimes, know? sometimes, you know, you get blessed but or lucky crazy. or whatever. Yeah, dude. So you, you put in for coups yeah. in, uh, Arizona. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think cool. this year I have, usually I have a pretty good plan on what I'm going to do. Um, but this year I, I don't, I don't know yet. My yeah. main focus is deer so I can round out oh, the cool. slam. Any other cool hunts you got lined up you're looking forward to? Um, 
I mean, there's so many things I want to do, but I don't have anything lined up. Yeah. Um, I really want to either do a mountain goat or an Ibex here pretty soon. So one of those two things, but I don't know, man. We'll see. Yeah. Would that be, I guess, Ibex, that's international. Go, yeah. Could be. Go to when did you go to Kodiak? I, I'm gonna try. I went in December. Oh, that was when you went this year. Is that when you got your Sitka? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I did. Uh, yeah, I did cool. Kodiak this year in August. Oh, cool! Yeah, it was fun. Very though. different times. I yeah, very awesome. different. I'd like to go back when it's warm. Dude, August is really cool because they're up in the Alpine, and we flew into a lake, and we just did a drop camp up there, and you know the weather was not perfect, but it was pretty nice, and you know deer bright orange, and the everything's you know, bright green and berries everywhere. And it was, it was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Well, anyway, dude, um, anything else? Uh, I didn't, I wanted to kind of ask you a little bit about like right on and marketing and all that like businessy stuff. Maybe we can do another one sometime and dive into that stuff, but just this, we were flowing on the hunting stuff. So, um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I got a bunch of new stuff going on right now. So yeah, we can definitely, that, that'd be a good one for a later date. Yeah, but, for sure, man. Yeah, awesome, man. It was fun to chat hunting and stuff. Yeah, it's good catching up with you, dude. Um, where can people find you if they want to check out some of your stuff? Um, Instagram is where I'm most active. It's just Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N, period, leg, L-E-G-G. Cool. Cool, man. Well, thanks again yeah. for your time, and uh, it was good good chatting with you. Thanks a ton, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Talk to you soon. All right.